Welcome to my podcast, Whistler Stories That Need to Be Told. Today I'm chatting with Cliff Jennings. Cliff was one of the first employees at Garibaldi Lift Company, the original Whistler Mountain builder and operator back in the 60s. Also, he was one of the first resort municipality of Whistler employees in the 70s, not to mention one of the first hotel managers and one of the first search and rescue volunteers. So Cliff has a lot of history here and contributed a lot to Whistler's development. Welcome, Cliff. That brings up Heli Skiing. Yeah, whose idea was that? Uh, that was actually uh, Jamie Pike and uh, Joe Sesmazia. Joe, geez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Czech. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they were weekenders, eh? Were they? Yeah, okay. yeah. And so I was hired basically as the guide for during the week. And yeah. our uh, way of getting people, we didn't have But who, who, who owned the building? Where did the it business was a come partnership. From? It was and somebody a, just said, "Let's do it," because Hans Moser was doing it in the Rockies. That's something? right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. But we couldn't get. Uh, we only went for two years because we went to the province, and uh, they wouldn't give us any, any tenure. They never heard of heli skiing. Yeah. Moser's operation was federal. Uh, the uh, feds, of course, you had Banff Park and Jasper, so you had rangers that were familiar yep. with it. Yeah, Victoria could. No. Yeah. What the hell is that? I had the same issue when I was a park ranger for Beeson Parks. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have any clue about rescue or dogs. Yeah. And, and they wouldn't, you know, they, they just didn't get the concept of a guy having his dog yeah. up in the mountains. They thought, well, what are, what are you going to let pets? Everybody will want to bring their pet up there now, right? And so, so it was a real struggle back in those days because it was different. It was yeah. different bureaucracies, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. So yeah. you did that, but McConkie was involved a little bit later. later. Yeah, they started yeah. it up later and they got tenure. Finally, it was a different government. Mm. And uh, Whistler had started to make a name for itself, mainly because of uh, some bad snow years that wiped out the local mountains and wiped out um, yeah. Seattle area mountains. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it snowed in March, like it often does. Yeah. That's been the, the, the cash cow for Whistler for, is, is the big city down yeah. the road. You've yeah. got so much yeah. vertical, there's always something somewhere. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was only one year that it, uh, it, it was really, really bad. 77. Yeah. World's yeah. worst winter, we used to call it. Yeah. Yeah, we were shoveling snow from the trees onto the runs. And <laughs> I know. It was pretty pathetic. <laughs> That's when my uh, wife's brother decided to visit to go skiing. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Tell me how you got into to managing the Highland. I remember the Highland Lodge as a very, very classy place, mm. which it is now with the rim rock still. Yeah. But um, uh, I remember going there and they changed it over to a, there was, there was, it was kind of half a, a meeting hall kind of bar almost. And they had jazz in there yeah. in my first years. And I remember looking in, you had a door into your, uh, uh, your living space. Yeah. You had a living room door or something. And I remember the door opening and seeing your rope. Was was on the on the fireplace with a with an ice axe and a, a, something. You're kind so of a, what was that? What was that year then? Oh, it was seventy three or four or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was wow, there's a mountain climber living here. <laughs> that was well, it. Was, it wasn't really uh, uh, so much of a bar. It was for the guests, but we also had uh, chamber of commerce would meet there. There was a, a meeting room. Mm -hmm. right? There wasn't much. Yeah, there was a license bar, but yeah. we did have blue wine. Yeah, you blue wine. So, you, you, how did how did you get to Highland Lodge and get that oh, job? Sorry, I got hired to help build the green chair, the original green chair. 
Uh, Another and, Mueller lift. Uh, uh, no, it was a Mueller lift. Yeah. yeah, but it was a contractor. Uh huh. Uh, in, interior contracting. Uh, we called it inferior contracting. Inferior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, so I worked for a year on that, and then meantime, I met Viv at a pajama party. At the uh, that's interesting. What seat. kind of were you in pajamas when you met your wife? <laughs> no, it was a pajama party. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? At the check I mean, that's in. something you do when you're a kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sleepover. Yeah, no, they called it the pajama party. At, at, at the checklist? A checklist. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. Everybody and you <laughs> had John Reynolds doing bed checks. Perfect. He <laughs> <laughs> would uh, count the toes and divide He's by the ten. The best bartender there ever was. <laughs> yeah. He always rode the purple chair. There was no purple chair. He didn't ski. No, I he know. never. He never went up mountains. No, but he he actually opened the first neighborhood pub in Vancouver. Yeah, and I remember when when he opened Tapley's, that was the second neighborhood pub. Yeah, in the province. Yeah, that that's was right. a new. You didn't have to be part of a hotel. That's right. That, that's right. Yeah, that was a. Yeah, was he a, uh, at the Chequemus. He was uh, he was also the manager. Yeah, you know, and yeah. a bartender. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've got and Viv had gotten hired by him. John Reynolds hired her by letter. So she was part of that group. She was part of a lot of stories of the ladies that were doing. Oh yeah, it was a good place to work. Yeah, loads of fun. But but landing the job at the Highland Lodge that sounded like a pretty it was by chance. We actually, uh, I'd been working. I also did some work for uh, Bob Bishop Mm -hmm. uh, that did the uh, Worcester K, Worcester K, the old Worcester K, Mm -hmm. laying pipe uh, and putting that together. And then they had a property for sale uh, in uh, on Needle Lake, uh, up above, uh, and uh, it had the roundhouse on it that used to be the Red Heather Lodge. Really, up at the top. Oh. Um, Red Heather and Garibaldi. And Garibaldi, above, above yeah, here. yeah, because they were from Squamish, uh-huh. uh, Bishop, and uh, they moved it down because it couldn't take the snow away. It was, this was above the West Side Road or below the West Side uh, like Road? Below the West Side Road, but above that gravel road that goes down. So it was a long, skinny property. It was BC Rail um, uh, lease. You didn't not, know not, it. Not the one that Bruce Prentice lived in. He had a he had a roundhouse there as well. Uh, that was on Alpha, on Old Gravel Road. Uh, that was the roundhouse. Yeah. Yeah, they bought uh, one big lot. Right. And then moved the roundhouse down, but it was a sort of well, almost it, it, it became a, sort of a sitting area. Okay. So you can it's still there. Yeah. But, I know. It, yeah. It, it, that's it. but it, they're a great big monster. So you had bought that or had a there and, yeah, or and then yeah. uh, moved in mm-hmm. and we moved in in middle of December. Uh, we could the road wasn't plowed. You had to park up above and then walk down through the snow and move our stuff in, got in there. And then in January, uh, we got a phone call from Roy Ferris. They needed a manager. <laughs> and so they hired us on the spot. So we moved back out again hmm. and rented it out for the next few years. Wow. And uh, so we ran it from 1970 to 1977. But we started having children and they wanted to put the, uh, to change uh, our accommodation into a bar uh, and restaurant, mm. you know, so uh, so we moved out mm. yeah. and, and lost the job. You, you moved into 
yeah, well, municipality or something. Well, no, that. we'd already bought the property down in Worcester K, the old Worcester K. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and the cul-de-sac we, there. We, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Tappy, uh, Tappy, Tappy Place. place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we uh, bought a prefab sort of uh, true craft log place and built that and rented it out because we knew we were going to eventually move. Oh, and then we moved into that, but uh, we stayed there till about 1990. We bought the lot next door because... Where our tile field was, uh, we couldn't expand. The only place that had drainage was right next to Yeah, it's next pretty low down there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then when they put the sewer line through, we didn't have to use the place next door. We sold that to uh, Maximilian. Oh, that's where Maxwell. Maxwell. That's yeah. where he built. Yeah. Well, that was that big lot. They rebuilt that big house. Yeah, that's wow. right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great place to live. Yeah. And uh, But then you got lucky and got to be the very first employee at the resort municipality. Of first outside employee. First yeah. outside employee. Yeah. 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 You, weren't, you weren't an office guy. You wanted to be out doing stuff. That's right. right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good for you. I was in charge of everything, but we didn't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great job. <laughs> well, we had, we had the water system, which was the, um, as they called it, Carlson's last erection. Remember the big oh the big water, water tower yeah. yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and we had the water system we had the pumps everything all to go but there was no customers because it went belly up mm-hmm. it was pretty you empty know? so yeah. uh, but uh, then we had a really cold winter and all of the uh, private systems froze up yeah so we took over first Alpine then Emerald and then Alta Vista and all of a sudden we had a lot of customers <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and. Not a lot of cash flow. So people were paying for the water system yeah, above but, their taxes. Uh, in, yeah. Back, back yeah it was a yeah. separate uh, uh, companies that we set up. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, Norm Pattison was one uh, Alpine. With, with Alpine yeah, yeah. and with Emerald too, I think. Oh, yeah. But there were two separate systems. Uh-huh. And they didn't have the cash reserves. To do. To, 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 to make it make it good. Yeah, uh, Emerald was the worst. Alpine, there were sections that had to be rebuilt. Uh, Emerald was, every time they went over a hill, it was gravel roads. So when the grader graded over the hill in the wintertime, pushing the snow off, he also pushed gravel off. And before you know it, there was about a foot of cover. Mm-hmm. And they got that one cold year, and we had six-foot penetration frost. Because we opened some of the manholes that we had there at the time for that uh, small system. So all the water system went down the roads. Uh, yeah, and, and, and they were frozen yeah. up. We connected uh, houses uh, where it wasn't frozen to a hydrant to house to house to house to house until uh, one guy at the end of one of them didn't like the noise and turned his tap off and they froze up. Back where again. was where was the dam or was it a? Uh, no, they they uh, the dam was up above. There's still a little reservoir there in Emerald. Is there really? Yeah, like yeah, on the yeah. way to One Duck, or uh, yeah, on the way. Yeah, yeah there's okay. the, the, the reservoir. Yeah, there's a bunch of little there. ponds up there. But they yeah. they they built a permanent reservoir now. Mm-hmm. So that was a reservoir with a creek coming into it, mm-hmm. and that was the feed. Alpine was uh, Agnew Creek. Where Agnew Creek? You know where the reservoir is? If you go to end of Alpine Way. Mm-hmm. And you start hiking up, and there's a road that goes to the left, and there's a, a, a reservoir there. Mm. Well, the creek right next to that was oh, what that fed was all of Alpine Meadows. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just rainbow. I mean, that's that's the biggest that's feed there now. Yeah. 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 
Well, everything's yet, all linked. It, everything's linked. Yeah, everything's linked. But then there was the uh, the uh, the uh, uh, I guess because it was a watershed. Yeah, and it still is. Yeah. It, it, you couldn't be bringing your dogs up there, and that's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, um, yeah, twenty one. Twenty One Mile Creek uh, yeah. was the first big project for outside feed, gravity feed. Before that, it was the wells in the village, mm, right? And uh, which went to that building that's still there, and then boosters up to the reservoir, right? Yeah. Um, Interesting time to be to be going. I mean, uh, and and you know, working construction, we're building those like the fire hall and the training wall and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. That was. Uh, those were interesting times because it was pretty rough. I mean, there was oh, yeah. much business. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty crazy, and there wasn't a lot of contractors in the valley. No, you know, no. like uh, that's where Nigel, you know, Nigel, we've interviewed. Nigel that's did where well. He, yeah. he brought an excavator yeah. and got work right away. Yeah, exactly. But it worked. It worked really hard. Yeah. yeah. So, and then you got you were involved with. I remember on a tour, we we got a tour of the sewage treatment plant. Yeah, and with you, and because yeah. you were the man, and yeah. you were explaining all the science and all the settling and all the stuff. And I remember you pulling out one of the one of the filters and saying, you know, my biggest peeve are people's fingernails and toenails. <laughs> they think they just throw them down the toilet and they go away, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> But so many fingernails. Well, there was many things in that bar screen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that was a good job. And you yeah. stuck with that, you know, for a long 25 years or something. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, I started First off, employee and then first to retire. I retired basically because we had an offer we couldn't refuse. Oh, yeah. So I could afford to yeah. retire. Yeah. But but the, the sewage plant, it was all about the sewage back in the day. It was like there was only so much capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, you could only have 42,000 bed units maximum. That was the, the, the sewer capacity or well, something, actually, something the, like that. The original sewer capacity was only 10,000 oh, okay. when it was built. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then... The next OCP and then yeah, development yeah. of then technology, tertiary treatment. The, the, first, the first plant opened up in 1977. And, uh, uh, you know, there wasn't really much connected. No. Because even though we had the water systems, Alpine Emerald, they weren't connected yet. Yeah. So a lot of the growth was actually just putting sewers in where people were already on septic tanks. And meanwhile, 1981 hits, there's no federal provincial money. No. Bang. But we were still growing. So the treatment plant until... This last little bit was always behind. There was there was never any money to yeah. to get it done. Every two years we'd get an expansion, but by the time we got the money done and the expansion done, yeah. it was already over capacity. Yeah, and yeah. now and now it's uh, you know it's it, it used to be so far out of town. Now it's kind of you know yeah, it's part of it right yeah. there. I mean, there's no stink, there's no nothing. It's yeah. it's all well. Well, it's a whole different process. Yeah. The, the, they switched over to biological treatment. Oh yeah. Now it's actually not even treated there. The sludge is actually sent to uh, Callahan. Right, and they and, make, and it's part of the feed that yeah. they need because it's got the energy to break down all the uh, food waste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you, you can buy, you can, now you can buy that. You buy it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So at, at what point were you starting to be the guy that would have to go and look for people that were lost? That's sort of the beginning of search and rescue. It would have been back in the early 70s or late 60s. There, well, people it, were always getting lost on the mountain. Uh, they and, were, but usually it was up to the patrol to yeah, try and figure out. Yeah. 
And uh, the what started search and rescue as a group was the tragedy of the four people killed. Yeah, Harmony Avalanche. Yeah, Harmony yeah. Hershey. Yeah, and uh, we uh, uh, we had a hundred people out looking. Wow. No control of who was out there. I don't even know if there was a record there of who was, was out there. There was no plan. No, uh, no, plan no escape plan. No, no anything. No. Yeah. There wasn't even. Uh, yeah. There wasn't even really a pro patrol. Most of them were volunteers and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. And I mean, you've read some of the stories. I think that were in the in the peak about how they, you know, one group's down below searching and another one's up above that starts an avalanche that almost takes out the ones down below. Yeah, know? yeah. And so we got together, was myself, Stefan Pless, and uh, Rudy, uh, Trudy Samhofer yeah. at the time. Yeah. But, uh, but a half a dozen of us got together and we met in Leo's cafeteria <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, decided to to get something going and uh, uh, we then sort of be started. ready you mean like like so you would be called as the local experts yeah it wasn't the, part of the provincial provincial emergency program it was just the locals that knew the well, mountains and, no, and we, felt comfortable we, we going didn't out. join that you had to at one you point. had yeah. to yeah uh, and we had to form a society so we could accept donations but the uh, profile was not really very big, you know, we, we would sort of beg for money and everything like that. And the whole thing really didn't turn around until the Anne-Marie body search. That was big too. That was big. Yeah. It was big. It was organized uh, by uh, combining with uh, North Shore Search and Rescue. And North Shore Search and Rescue taught us how to get money out of the government. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's an excellent thing to learn. Yeah. But for anybody who is listening, Anne-Marie Potman was, was a, a, a young lady who went up on Thanksgiving weekend to the peak and decided to glissade down the peak. Mm -hmm. And she got going so fast, she hit a big rock, broke her femur, and didn't show up for work the next day. And everybody was concerned and started searching, and she, they never found her. Search for next well year, the next they well they the they found her in the spring when she melted out but yeah. she probably well I think she dragged herself under a rock to because it was it stormed right after that and that's whole part of the problem she hit the uh, median there was a, by that time the the, the uh, glacier had gone back enough there yeah. was a median moraine yeah the moraine she hit the top of that yeah and this is all that they found out later with the autopsy mm -hmm. and then they figured she dragged herself down. And then she's got sheer ice below her and she lay down exhausted. And by the time anybody was looking, uh, like the search and rescue dogs were 10 meters away yeah. from where she was found. Yeah. But the body had actually was cold and it actually melted into the ice. Yeah. And it was, and it was yeah under so much. Yeah. It's there was no, no scent because she was frozen. Yeah. 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 And, uh, uh, but that, but that, that was a real tearjerker because she was a lovely young lady. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that put up the flags. Okay, yeah. we need to get organized to be a real, you know, organized yeah. operation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and, that and her profile went up because yeah. it was, uh, because News. she was missing for so long. Yeah. And the biggest support we had was from the family from back east mm -hmm. because we were at one press conference where of course the press said, why haven't you found her that what's wrong with you? And everything yeah. like that. No, it know? didn't look good. And the dad yeah. just got up and just ripped a shred with the press and yeah. said, you know, these guys are volunteers. Yeah. 
you know, uh, and uh, they're putting their heart and their soul into it at times. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and then they raised money from back east mm -hmm. towards search and rescue. Yeah. And then other people started raising money. And uh, our budget for the years before that was around $4,000 a year. The next year it was 40000 So how was it? You must have had the first kids in town, right? Before, you know, like well, you, some of the first. <laughs> well, not the first kids in town. The first uh, Sarah yeah. was the first born in the resort municipality district. Born in actual village? Uh, or, or no. She lived here and she went to Squamish. She uh, was born down in Squamish. Yeah, yeah. But the municipality was incorporated in 1975 uh, in September. And she was born in the uh, middle of October. Well, that's that's amazing. That is an amazing story, Cliff. What what kind of memories? What are your best? You know, what do you? What's one of those things you you think about living back in the early days, like seventies and late sixties? Is there one time where you went, "Holy man, we, we're lucky to be alive," or "We're lucky to be here"? Or... <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of the hiking for powder. I mean, that was, you know, you'd you'd hike up for uh, three quarters of an hour to an hour and a quarter, and it would give you you know, uh, 2,500 vertical untouched mm -hmm. or 5,000 vertical untouched if it was good snow to the valley, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, a lot of those trips. Yeah, you know, memorable. But also just growing up with the kids. I mean, this was a great place. Worcester was great to, to bring kids up in. Mm -hmm. You know, you had a lot of people that helped out. Uh, and The daycare got built by volunteers. You know, that's right, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, before even that, I mean, Basically, um, you didn't have to both be working to survive. Mm -hmm. uh, so Viv was taking time off, you know, and but she would look after other kids, mm -hmm. and and in return they would look after uh, ones themselves. We had parties. Uh, one of the ones I have the uh, pictures of. We used to do uh, a Christmas party where we'd go out and decorate trees for the animals. You know, you put popcorn out on the trees, and then I've you'd seen go this back. Still and you'd one visit. Lake. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, this was just uh, right now where uh, Tapley near Tapley Farm is, which it wasn't there then. Eh? Yeah. and we just walked out into the woods, and there was a couple of trees. Right. Yeah. we do, and we'd be sitting around there, and then things like uh, some of the old timers that, that we had. You know, that uh, we'd go out and we'd play uh, uh, snow golf. You know, on the golf course, yeah. you know, with yeah. tennis balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the community. Was, it, was it, it was a community. It was yeah. a close-knit community. Well, thanks again, Cliff. It's yeah. been an honor and, uh, talking to you about all this old stuff. I know you were, you were the man back in the day that was doing all that stuff. And, well, a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, involved. but you, you were known. Have I said too much? Pretty soon you'll be telling stories that can't be told. Thank you for listening today. Join us on my next episode and hear more Whistler stories that need to be told.